Hey, it's Paulie, and my guests today are the Danko Jones Band, JC, the bass player from the band, and Mr. Danko Jones. Welcome back to the White House of Rock. Good Thank to be back, Thanks Paul. For having I, us, Paul. I remember the first time you came here was years ago, and we had just started playing Bounce. In and, this room, I think. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've, we've always been down here in the basement. and what? Your oh. desk was... Different, different. I think wasn't the couch over there, and your desk was there. I think my desk was over yeah, here. Yeah, there's <laughs> something. Yeah, there's something different. I actually used to have this really big desk in here, and one day I walked in and I said, "You know what? I look like a dick. Why do I have such a big freaking desk? You know what I mean?" So I downsized it and kind of turned the room into a bit of a living room, which I'm redecorating right now, as you can tell. Things are all over the place. Looks cool. <laughs> but when you came in here, I remember you said, "You know." You were you were very complimentary, and it was about how your music fit in between all the great rock records that we all love and know and grew up listening to. And I was like, I never really thought about you know about that. You now you were thinking about, geez, you know, my record is next to ACDC, next to Ozzy Osbourne, and that sounds awesome. And how grateful you were. And now here we are, what, 15 years, 16 years later, I guess, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, a new Danko Jones band record out called um, Fire Music coming out the first week of uh, the first week of February. So let's talk about this record. I want to get into the record. I want to do talk about your podcasts. Uh, I want to talk about Kiss as well, too. <laughs> um, let's, <laughs> sure. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the new record. Uh, we have a new single out. Uh, actually, there's two tracks out. It's kind of fun. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you want to rock? Is the new single, mm -hmm. and uh, and then this this new song, which is uh, all set up for the WWE, um, going to be a fight tonight. I actually want to start with that song, and I want to know how that relationship with the WWE got started. Well, with uh, going to be a fight tonight, that was kind of a, the teaser track that we put out before the at the end of uh, 2014, just to kind of say, hey, we got a record coming out next year. And um, with the WWE, uh, we basically got a call last week, which around it was one week ago, and like we want to use the song, and we're like, of course, go for it. That's awesome. So that's that's pretty much how it happened. And in 2006, for what was it called? Backlash? Or? 2006, yeah, yeah. RC. So yeah, so in 2006, they used uh, Baby Hates Me for Backlash. And then for we just got a call last week and uh, we were asked if it was okay if they used the song as the theme song for um, Ready to Rumble. So it's is, great. Is there yeah. is there a fan in the in the WWE organization that's a big fan of the Danko Jones band? Well, we hope so. I think the relationship and the putting our our band on on their radar was from back in 2006, and I think maybe they've always just maybe they've kept an eye. Maybe there is a fan. Well, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I just think it's a really good song. It is simply better than everyone else's, it's and that's why they why chose they it. Chose it. I, uh, you know, the thing, it, it sounds... <laughs> Our the, question the, to you, Paul? <laughs> <laughs> the thing I like about it, I mean, it sounds like it was commissioned. I yeah, mean, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's why I'm a little surprised yeah, that, that it was like, hey, they called us up and mm -hmm. yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. you know, it, it's... um God, I hope people don't start thinking that because, A, we're not a band like that. Um, we, we don't write songs on demand. <laughs> and um, But would you? Uh, Let's it, say a producer of a television show called up. Yeah, we've done it before, but it's not like it's always through like the bro. There's a bro. There's a bro relationship. There's like a friend. It's through friends. It's there is something that isn't really just all business. 
you know um for example i wrote uh, a song for john garcia from caius on his on his new debut solo album yeah i wrote a song for him because he asked me to but that's because john's a friend and i want to hear john garcia sing a song i write because his voice is one of the best rock voices ever um so that's different right but you know no one said write a song about fighting first of all we're you know there's a theme of revenge that runs through all our songs you know about real people that we've we've come across over the years i never disclosed the actual name but there's a real name attached to 99 percent of all our songs whether they're about a girl or whether they're about this guy that did me wrong or you know so i will say this gonna be a fight is actually not about someone it's about the warriors meets west side story a scene that played in my head and lyrically that's what came out of it so so there isn't any there there really isn't anyone who said write a song about wrestling or write a song about fighting i think even if we were asked to do that i don't think we would have come up with this song no we we would have fallen on our face and, and <laughs> yeah we would have been like okay now throw the guy down <laughs> <laughs> throw i'm him. out of the you? ring you're in the ring <laughs> go against the ropes throw him down <laughs> used every possible cliche you yeah, could it just do doesn't nothing work. at all so work. if you read the lyrics of the song i'm actually laying out a, a i even we use the word rumble without thinking of royal rumble mm. it's actually a reference to a stray cat song um um wow there's a um there's a there's a rumble in Brighton tonight. So when when Brian Setzer stops and says there's a rumble in Brighton tonight, our song stops and says there's going to be a fight tonight. So sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's where that song, that's where that comes from. Um, Do You Want to Rock, your first single. Sounds like a call to arms almost, you know. Uh, do songs like that just kind of write themselves? That one kind of did. Yeah. Um, you know, Rich Knox, who is our new drummer in quotes because he's been in the band for almost two years, under the radar. Mm-hmm. We didn't really announce it. He's just been in the band. Um, we were just hanging out and, you know, writing the record. And I just I think I casually just said, I'd love for there to be another cowbell song. We have a lot of cowbell songs, Sugar High, Full of Regret, these old songs that we had, Mango Kid. We'd lo- I'd, I'd love it. It hasn't really made an appearance in the last couple of albums. In the last record, yeah. Yeah. So he went back, unbeknownst to us, on his own, proactively, something no drummer has ever done in our band, went into our space, recorded two drum patterns that he had, he came up with, yeah. and one of them ended up becoming Do You Want to Rock? We sped up the drum pattern as he came, as he wrote it, and the song wrote itself, I think, in, what, 20 minutes? Yeah. We really had the skeleton well, of the most song. Most of the times when, they, when you know that the song is, it's going to be a good song, it's when it just happens and you don't when you we kind of keep it there's been ideas where we kept returning to yeah and they never made the record so it just it did just this happen. did this record come together as quick and as intense as your live shows do in in some respects you know it was a, a quicker um we were definitely more directed in 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 this in this on this album we knew exactly where the the album was going to immediately which was punchy angry catchy a lot of sing-alongs um that harkened back to bands we grew up with like the misfits 
It's a huge influence on this band, whether people realize it or not. But now with fire music, we just decided to wear it on our sleeves. Like there is obvious misfit song references on some of these songs to the point where I can actually name you the songs without getting sued. Um, and I actually, I have to admit to JC here, I was actually a bit worried. I went back and I listened to the Misfit songs and our songs and I A-beat it. And I'm like, no, there's just, it's an influence. It's not a direct lift. Thank God. Because in my head, you know, I, I, I it was an influence that I started to kind of become a little um, worried that, oh, it You're just too close to it. Yeah, I'm just too so. close to it. Am I lifting it? Because I love this, their songs so much, but no, not at all reminiscent of some of these songs but I can actually tell you the songs it's reminiscent of that's all the thing about it is, is you, a lot of what you've done is you've filtered it goes through your own filter and it comes out a completely different way sounds a bit like but it's not a lift like you're saying uh, do, you, do your fans pick up on these things do they do they notice it do you have some people call you not call you it that's not the word but say hey you know when I hear this song it reminds me of some song. people do and then some people have uh, different references and we're, we're like, oh, okay, so you are 21, 22? Oh, okay. So you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you, you're not going to get the reference because we're not going to reference a band that people have only been heard of in the last two, three years. We're going to go deep. We, we've got friends who are like, you know, real Uber music fans, and these, these two brothers. And, and um, I remember it was two years after we released Below the Belt and our song Full of Regret which is the last time we had a real heavy cowbell song. It was, a, it was the first single off Below the Belt from 2010. Two years later, I get a text from one of the brothers going, full of regret, that's a Deep Purple pattern off a Deep Purple song. And I just texted him back, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> You're the first and only person who ever got it. You fool no one by Off Burn, off the Burn album from Deep Purple is reminiscent uh it's the, the full of regret drum pattern on our album is reminiscent of you fool no one from deep purple i have to admit i'm going to say this now i i really just thought it was more myth to hear an artist say that they had to record a song with cowbell in it is like it's true it needs more cowbell. <laughs> you know, the it's, cowbell in that song is almost on steroids. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a thing that's become part of the pop culture lexicon to reference the Christopher Walken Saturday Night Live skit yeah. uh, about Blue Oyster Cult. But even before that skit came about, I've always loved songs with cowbell, like. Um, uh, hair of the dog. Yes. I mean, there's just there's just something about the cowbell that I'm actually surprised that more bands aren't aren't putting cowbell on like more songs, which we are taking advantage of. You know, we're taking all the cowbell out and putting Give it, it in all to us. Sure. <laughs> so, Danko, have you ever done a podcast solely on the cowbell? <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> that's coming, right? Yeah. The cowbell. I mean, the podcast is 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 just my little thing that I do, and you know. Uh, it, it's it's a I hate to say a labor of love, but it's just my little thing in my little corner, and uh, I don't really care too much if a lot of people listen to it. If pe a lot of people do, then it's great. But if they don't, it's oh well, whatever. I think people should listen to it. Uh, for those of you who are looking for it online, it's uh, official title is the official Danko Jones podcast, and you can find it on iTunes, right? Yeah, it's a weird name, but it's only because when we started the podcast. 
There was an old podcast I used to do on iTunes that was dormant called the Danko Jones podcast. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And it was still up on iTunes. I think it's been taken down. It's interesting. When I talk to um, people who are into going into broadcasting and they say, how do I, you know, how do I get started? What can I do? And I said, start a podcast. A podcast is a conversation. But what I like about podcasts, and particularly the people that download them, is that they're smart. They tend to be outsiders and they tend to definitely have skewed opinions. When I say that, I don't mean that in a negative kind of way. What I like about you, Danko, in your show is that there's no guff. There's no filter on you. You say exactly what you, exactly what you mean and you just not to use a cliche you just let it let it let it out there has it ever gotten you into trouble at all i don't think so not yet and i hope hopefully it won't but it's it's a chance i take the intros to heart so i i give i i'm allowed to speak freely for five to ten minutes of the listener's time yeah and it's that that's the time where i can really go over some stories get to my point very quickly and say exactly what I plan out, exactly what I want to say that I couldn't say in an interview situation because I was either not given enough time or it just didn't come out of my mouth fast enough. And there's been all those times where you get into an argument with someone and then afterwards you go, you know what? I should have said this to him. Ah, yeah. <laughs> with the podcast, I'm, al- I'm able to say exactly what I want to say. All right, so you've done 90 of them. I just checked, and I was <laughs> just I, I, I want to talk about a couple of things you said in the most recent one. It's really interesting. You say, I'm a glass half-empty guy. <laughs> I tend to see the negative side in most things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of curious what keeps you motivated uh, when you say that, you know, I'm, I tend to see the negative side of things. You know what I mean? Is You know? I guess I guess you look at things with a skeptical eye. Is that a better way of putting it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I... I'm not going to speak for JC, but it's one, you know we definitely have we share similar opinions about things, you know. Like, but but I I think it's it's a it's a situation where you know we started this band a long time ago, and we had we were all innocent, we had all our hopes, and since those eighteen nineteen years have passed, our hopes have been dashed. We've gone through all these things that everybody goes through in life. But now, you know, we're still in the music biz and and <laughs> it's changed drastically. We were we were doing it when, you know, websites were the newest thing to do rather than like getting on Instagram. Yep. And so it's and, you know, JC had to like um, coordinate tours on pay phones and phones and landlines. And then we got a fax machine. That was a big deal. All big stuff. I totally remember all that. Yeah. Yeah, So we've been around enough times in the music business where a lot of people just give up. How many bands can we name that we like that aren't around anymore because they just gave up or something happened along the way um, that derailed them? And the fact that we're still here is a testament to you know our stubbornness. But it also doesn't. It comes. It doesn't come without it. You know, being very negative and, and skeptical. Definitely. What I did like about that was a, basically a preamble about a, a very short commentary about the music industry being filled with people who, I think you call them rats, who steal your dreams away. But then the next part that I liked about it, which you find best about the podcast, is the kinship that you have with other artists. And I, I of all the people that I follow, nobody cheers and talks about other musicians' music more than you do. 
it's almost like it could be an education. It, it's it. And I think it's like any of us who are sitting around and we're sharing music that we heard or bands that we've seen. It's great about your podcast is you share that with us as well too. Oh well, thanks, man. With, I, with not I only your it. guests but it's records. It's like I know you're a metalhead. I think mm. if when I first met you, I wouldn't have wouldn't have known that. No. But the podcast kind of opens that up a little bit, and it also kind of exposes us to some artists that maybe some of us never would have heard. And especially when you bring some great guests on. Uh, it really just opens the door for a lot of people. I think there's a there's a whole history with our band that a lot of people don't know about because, you know, they they see us as one thing or they see us as another thing. Like the last episode where you're you're taking from was with Allison Wolf mm-hmm. of Bratmobile, um, who is a co-founder of the Riot Girl movement, who took us on tour. We toured with Riot Girls. I, I don't think people know that about our band. No. Um, so that that was very interesting, and the way that that podcast came about was very natural. She emailed me. She said, "Hey, I'm going to be in town because um, her sister lives in Toronto. She lives in L.A. Hey, let's meet up." And then we just naturally met up. We talked for the whole night, and then I said, "Hey, you, you want to do this podcast? I do. Like, I do this thing, and I'll send you a link." Tell me if you want to do it. Yeah. And then like three days later, she's still in town and I went over to her sister's place. Did you send her a specific episode? I did actually because oh, which, uh, I'm curious. I, I sent her um, London, the London May, oh, London the Sam Hain okay. uh, episode because because she's friends with London May oh, of okay. Sam Hain too. So so London is a mutual friend of ours. And and so, you know, she 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 dug it and we just talked. Um, so the podcast is something that you know, I see other podcasts and, and they've got their their um, sponsors and they do it in a slick studio and it's 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 really well done mm-hmm. and well produced and more power to them because I listen to some of them. Yeah. Um, but mine, I think um, it's like it, I, I want it to be more of like a like a if we're going to liken it to like crafts, it's just this like shoddy little craft, crafty little thing that's yeah, it's got some holes in it, you know. Maybe the the audio drops a little bit here and there, but yeah. that's all part of the character of the podcast that I want to keep. It's kind of like this broadcast here. The audio sometimes drops out. Sometimes the host <laughs> forgets his notes. But that's real. That's, that's <laughs> but real. That's right. And that's what people, I think, are starting to miss um, with the Pro Tool albums and everything's so Pro Tool and slick. People really do, in the digital age, want to go back to to they want to feel something that's got mistakes in it because it's a human thing to to do. So it's a human thing to want to listen to, um, and and podcasts uh, within this digital kind of perfection is is what's coming to the surface. You know, people love it. I want to talk about a couple of things. I want to talk about the Danko Jones Band. Are you a Canadian band? Uh, I, you know, it seems that you guys live on the road and you're mm-hmm. always around and, and that's not a negative sort of thing. It's kind of like, it's fun. If I pulled up a bio of you, you're a Toronto based band, but, uh, you're here for a tour, a couple of tours, and then you spend most <laughs> of your time on the road. Is that right? Where's your favorite place to play? Mm. Or put it this way, where do you think the, the most passionate group of Danko Jones fans are? If you want to say everywhere, you can get away with that one. <laughs> well, I probably would say it's Scandinavia, and that would include you know Sweden, Norway, and then also Finland, and then Germany and Benelux as well. So yeah. Belgium, yeah. Netherlands, and there's Luxembourg. there's crazy fans in the UK that yeah just, they're just waiting <laughs> for us to go there. Oh my God, that's but great. Over, that's got to be Europe, exciting, isn't all it? All over Europe, it's been great for us. And it I mean, is great. Yeah, 
And now that we're going to be coming back to touring in Canada, it's we do have some ardent fans here as well. So it's we were just talking on the way over here that you know a lot of the song that kind of anchors us to Canada is Bounce. We've you guys have played it, and um, you know much music played it back in the day, and and people just know of our band through that song. But we never play that song abroad. We just don't. Not because we're just trying to like get rid of it. We're, we're no one. Um, it's a it's a total reverse game there like there's other songs that have gotten us gold records not not bounce yeah that's yeah. interesting you don't avoid it it's like i just read this this thing with joan jett and she doesn't perform i love and rock and roll on the road any longer you know because she doesn't really have to any longer and that's really that only tells a very small part of her entire story yeah 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 um i'm kind of curious but we could talk about music and, and albums a little bit here and when you're faced with recording a record did you ever think about just recording just going to an ep format or not is that ever yeah that's an interesting thing to bring up because i just finished reading this article about that band down phil and salmo and yeah, yeah. pepper keenan and phil phil was saying that they're just going to put out eps from now on yeah. They're not putting out full lengths anymore. And yet, here we have a situation. There's, the statistics on the sale of vinyl records is way up. Uh, the numbers are not staggering, but it's a matter of more the popularity of vinyl is increased at a rate that maybe many people didn't expect. What it signified for me was that people were listening to music in a different way again. Because when you listen to an album, you're committing yourself to 15 to 20 minutes of listening when it's on your computer or on your phone or if you still have an iPod, you tend to move from track to track to track very quickly. Mm -hmm. And I thought, uh, you know, I, I asked somebody in Canada for a list of the top-selling vinyl records in Canada. There's not, a, there's not a stat that's available. But in the U.S., the records tend to be more artistic. It's, we're not talking about pop titles. We're talking about, I don't want to say rock titles. There are a lot of rock artists in there like the Black Keys and things like that. But I said, I wonder if people are finally coming around. Some people that you know, listening to music is the experience. It is sitting and listening and listening uh, with some intent and intensity to the music. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if you sense that at all. Or whether people are just hopping around and, and buying one track at a time with the Danko Jones band. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, there's that that single mentality that was around yeah. for a while, where it's just like we just put out one single, and then yep. the rest of the songs on the record were just terrible. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I think there was a point in time that there were records that you would buy, and and it would be so disappointing. You invest in these records, and yeah. there were it's that whole thing. There were one or two good songs, and the rest of them I just thought were. And it, you sometimes wondered if the artist had the same kind of feeling. It's just like let's make sure we get two or three good ones down, and then the rest is just. And that's too bad because I think a lot of records that I grew up with from the 70s especially were rich. They were records that yeah. were rewarding from track one to track eight. You well, know, Even with this record here, we really sequenced it so there was a side A and a side B. Is that right, A? That's how we yeah, thought about it. And so. even on the CD, it's just going to – on the back of the CD, we made the, the artwork for the vinyl first. Yeah. So we had side A, side B, and then came down to do the uh, artwork for the CD – and they're like, well, do you want to just put all the songs together? I'm like, and we're like, no, just leave side A and side B. Because no one does that anymore. No, and nobody... that's how we grew up listening to music. So people are going to get the record and it's going to be side A and side B. I mean the CD. And that's just kind of, because, uh, you know, we put in the, the thought behind it to sequence the songs in that way. So 
I think that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask you about Kiss. I know, I know, Danko, <laughs> you're a big Kiss fan. I love the fact that on your, uh, in your one of your tweets, you found an old Paul Stanley Folgers commercial, and I laughed my ass off. <laughs> that went viral it. for that. Week it did, eh? Yeah. That and was today is Paul Stanley's birthday, by the way. Apparently so. Holy cow. <laughs> so Gene Simmons was talking about a time when he could see that Kiss, that he and Paul would be finished with Kiss, and their other musicians would step in and play their roles. There'd be the demon, there'd be the star child, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Danko Jones, would you audition for the new edition of Kiss if that opportunity ever came up? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's exactly <laughs> yes. what I wanted to hear. Yep. yep. <laughs> But I wouldn't get the gig because um, apparently uh, it's not for the drummer's job, but for any of the guys up front, yeah. you have to be six feet taller, six, six, at least six feet. Is that right? Yeah. yeah so what about, a requirement. so what about wearing those those platform shoes? You know, With the, a little the fish jeans. tank in the bottom? <laughs> I mean, how big are the ones? Like, Gene's a pretty big and imposing character to begin with, and then he wears, what, those four yeah. or five-inch boots yeah, I, I guess you have to live so up to the mold, right? Seven feet high, yeah. Um, that's what that's what I was told um, by Marty Friedman on the podcast. Yeah, uh, Marty Friedman of Megadeth and Cacophony. Um, he was contacted by Kiss back in the day, back in the Cacophony days, and uh, he didn't make it to the audition because they asked him how how tall he was, and so not, he, it doesn't matter that he's. Probably the most talented guitar player in the world. <laughs> in the world. Like, How most, tall are you? Okay, sorry. The most talented, yeah, one of the most talented guitarists of all time. I think there he's there, yeah, in he's, that top 100 metal guitarist album uh, book. I mean, he, he ranks in the top 30. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. So back to Fire Music comes out. I get, I'm not sure what the Canadian release date February is. February 10th. February 10th yeah. here in Canada. Awesome. And uh, you've got a show coming up at the Danforth Music Hall, a Canadian tour to go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you headlining this one? Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, the show at the Danforth Music Hall in Toronto is April the 24th, and uh, I can't weird, wait to hear the rest of it. You haven't heard? You don't have a link I, to the album? Nope. I just have the... Are you that, kidding me? No, it's all right. They could, they could give it to me. They probably could hook me up anytime, but okay. no. Oh, yeah, okay. And you're probably... You got enough music on your plate anyway. Uh, no. Actually, a lot of no, 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 and like, and I have one of these. I'm one of these guys who loves to listen. He's insatiable appetite to listen to more and more and more. Because do you want to rock? And gonna be a fight tonight are okay, but the the other (laughs) songs on the records. I mean, but then again, I'm like a deep cuts kind of guy. I'm not a singles guy, so I don't know. What do I know? I'm a deep cuts kind of guy as well too. Danko, JC, thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks, Paul. Paul.